I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. I am so excited about today's episode. I have been thinking about this for over six months. I've literally been jotting down a lot of notes over that time. It's going to be a fun one. And whether or not you consider yourself artistic or creative, I guarantee you're going to get something out of today's episode. So stick with me. I want to start by sharing something I recently heard Brene Brown say in her 10th anniversary note that she inserted into the latest edition of her book titled The Gifts of Imperfection. Here's what she said. Creativity is the engine that drives integration. It helps us transform knowledge into practice. Basically, we move what we're learning from our heads to our hearts through our hands. I just loved that. I, I literally heard that just last week. Wanted to start there, and now I'll go back up a bit in my life. One of my hobbies as a child was drawing. And one of my more recent hobbies is painting. Although I'll be honest and tell you, painting hasn't been a top priority for me this year. Uh, my big change was making fitness a priority. And I'm looking forward to adding painting in more of a priority next year keeping the fitness habit that I've got going, and then adding the painting in. So that's, that's where I'm at with that. But my I've, I've been very creative this year, found many other ways to be creative. So that has been able to be um, expressed for sure, um, that side of me. My creative skills were really inspired by my mom, who's, she was super artistic. She would always make sure, too, that I had crayons or colored pencils and a notebook, you know, to draw on practically everywhere we went. For instance, even as I sat on the ground at the edge of the tennis court while she was playing. So I, it, it was just part of my life. In elementary school, she would use colored chalk and create seasonal art for my classroom. Uh, she painted an amazing scene of uh, with using, um, I think it was acrylics, probably, on the of, of Bambi on the wall on my niece's childhood room. It was just beautiful, and I still have a painting she did when I was about one year old, hanging in my office that I actually am looking at right now as I record this episode, of a tree trunk, some grasses, and. Uh, little wildflowers and butterflies. I will, um, I'll take it, include some photos to some of these things in the show notes, because I think it's, 
It's fun to share. So if you want to go check them out. Unfortunately, my mom didn't keep up with fine arts herself as a hobby past really my childhood very much, although she was very creative in many other ways. She passed away about nine years ago, and as I was going through her things right after she passed, I was struck with a new level of sadness and grief when I found some brand new, unopened, and unused art supplies in a cabinet. She apparently had a secret desire to pick up art again, yet she couldn't find the time or couldn't make it a priority or didn't. She was also drinking heavily. So, you know, but the fact that she bought them and had them showed me that the desire was there. And it really still saddens me that that was the case. So now I have all those supplies and I have, I have her old paintbrushes and, and all sorts of things from, of hers that, that I use in my studio. Um, and it, even just being in that space makes me happy and think of her. And when I use her things, I just love it. And I know she would love it too. But last week was her birthday. When this show drops, she would have turned 73 on September 20th. She left this realm when she was only 64 years old. In honor of her, today's episode is about life lessons that I've learned from drawing and painting. And before I dive into those specific lessons, I want to share that um, one of the most recent things I've learned is that creativity has been shown scientifically to be connected to the right side of the brain. In positive intelligence, we refer to this as the sage. In fearless living, we refer to this as freedom and specifically our essential nature and our wholeness. I also consider it connected to spirituality and whatever that means for you. The key point here is that Good stuff happens when we tap into our true creativity. It really does bring out the best in us. And it it doesn't have to be specifically drawing or painting. There's a lot of ways to be creative. But today I'm focusing on drawing and painting because there's some really fun lessons wrapped up in there that I think you'll enjoy, even if you're not an artist and don't draw or paint. So here we go. First lesson is break it down into smaller sections. So when I was learning to draw, one of the tricks I learned was a grid system. Basically, I would take a photo that I was going to draw, I'd make a copy of it, and possibly even enlarge it, and then draw a grid system over it, like with a ruler, like one inch squares or, you know, some measurement of squares. Usually I think I did about one inch or so of maybe an eight and a half by 11, something that I I had. And then I would take that and draw it in a larger format on my drawing paper. 
So I would do a larger grid on the drawing paper and just depending on the scale. So if I wanted to make it 50% larger, you know, I'd make the squares 50% larger. If I wanted to double it, I'd double it however big I wanted to be. And then I would look at one square of the grid at a time in the drawing. So I literally was looking at this small piece, not the whole picture. And it would help me see the shapes and the colors and things in relation to one another. It was much simpler than looking at the whole thing. I would do that for my initial drawing and, and shading and outlining the the um, uh, different areas that I wanted to call attention to. And it, it was just so much easier to do it this way. Uh, I, I still use this system today, actually, um, if I'm drawing something that I want to make sure I get right, especially animal faces, um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of things that are a little, I find tricky and, and helpful to do this way to get the perspectives uh, correct in at least the initial sketch outline of something. And it would be done in a light pencil so that it can be easily erased off. But point being, break it down into smaller sections because then your brain is not looking at the whole big picture. It's literally looking at this tiny little space and it's like, okay, it starts about a third of the way up, you know, this line, for instance, if it was kind of like picture part of it colored in, maybe about a third of the way up on the left side, and it kind of, you know, goes diagonally to a halfway down on the right. Like you'd look at those little markers of how it sits in the square, this little uh, space, whatever part of the picture it was. Instead of saying, oh, this is the dog's nose, it would be you just look at this area in relation to the border of it would being the little square of the grid. So much easier. So in life, break it down into smaller sections. Same concept. Anytime you break anything down, it's going to be simpler. That's the first lesson. Lesson number two, flip it upside down. So this is another trick that I would use in drawing that I still use and prepping anything that I'm going to paint, especially faces, animals, things that I want to make sure look like the what I'm drawing. They're not abstract. So flipping it upside down when sketching it out is so much easier. So if I'm looking at a photo of a dog and I want to draw that dog, flipping it upside down, I my brain doesn't quite recognize it as the dog. I mean, I know it's a dog. I mean, I see it's a picture of a dog, but it's not what I'm used to. So if I'm doing it right side up, it's really easy to get thrown off and uh, start drawing something the way that I think it's supposed to look that actually looks, if I, if I let myself go there, it looks kind of, um, you know, can be very off. So if I flip it upside down, I'm looking again at the shapes, the colors, the lines, and I'm not really seeing what is normally a recognizable dog in this example. I'm seeing the 
pieces of it, the shapes, the colors, the pick, the, you know, the elements. And it's so much easier to make it look more accurate that way because I'm not drawing what I think it should look like and manipulating that in the process, um, my perspective. I'm actually just looking at, okay, I see it looks like this over here. I'm going to try to draw it over here because it it actually makes it more abstract to me, a little, little bit more unrecognizable, therefore easier to follow what it actually looks like. I'll use this in combo with the grid system, by the way. So if you ever want to try this, um, you might find that it is, you know, really helpful and makes drawing something that you might want to explore doing. Just saying. But these are my favorite tricks. So now think about that in life. Flip it upside down or change the perspective. You know, get out of your own way of seeing something the way you've always seen it. So that is an excellent lesson. Lesson number three, it doesn't have to always be pretty. <laughs> so I have my high school art teacher, Mr. Murphy, to thank for this lesson. I remember him saying to me something along the lines of Santilli, you know, your your artwork it, it's always so so nice so you know my my the the topics i chose to uh draw or paint, whatever we were doing um in art class the the things that i chose <laughs> were typically nice and pretty and happy it just they just were because that's kind of just was my perspective at my childhood and all the way up through high school is I, I, it, you know, <laughs> uh, little would I know that, uh, little did I know then that, you know, my life was going to take a corner in a couple of years, um, after that time. And, uh, and I'd have plenty of not so pretty moments. So I'll, I'll take the time that it was a bit rose-colored glasses for the things I chose in my artwork, and that's okay. But I do like that he he tried to get me to go outside my comfort zone around what I was creating. You know, um, I definitely have gone outside that now and understand that life isn't always pretty and rosy and clearly life circumstances slapped that upside my head um but i have very fond memories of him razzing me a bit in a very loving way about the the things i chose to do to um create art about at the at the time okay next lesson don't try so hard let it flow. When I was a child, watercolors were my nemesis. I remember struggling, oh, watercolors, struggling with painting a deer head once. I got so frustrated. It was an assignment for school. It was a scene. I mean, I don't think everybody was painting the scene, but I, I was doing a scene that had a deer in it. I got so frustrated my mom 
calmly helped save the day so that it looked like a deer and not a big brown blob, thank goodness. It was, but watercolors were really challenging for me because I couldn't just let it flow. It, I wanted more control. I loved my uh, medium of choice at that time uh, was a charcoal pencil. So I loved pencil. I loved black and white and drawings and really dark charcoal pencil is what I really, really loved. I had a lot of control over it and, and I also loved colored pencil, but especially black, um, just charcoal pencil, a lot of control over it. Watercolors, I felt very out of control. And so that concept of don't try so hard, let it flow. It's okay to not have, you know, such control. Like the reality is we don't really have all the control we like to think we have. That is a huge lesson that I have learned in my life and, and continue to work on and practice for sure. Letting it flow. Yep. That is absolutely something I still am working on. And I've gotten much better, though. Very grateful I have. Another lesson connected to that is it's okay to ask for help. So I just remember how frustrated I was with that deer head and, you know, asking my mom for help to help me fix it because I was just like ready to just rip the piece of paper to shreds. Another lesson is there's depth in all the shades. So although I loved doing the black and white charcoal pencil drawings, in fact, I even got paid to do some artwork in high school my senior year. Some of my classmates had paid me to do their senior portraits as a black and white drawing for a gift for their parents or for their boyfriend. And it was really fun. And I absolutely loved doing the black and white. I just do, here's actually what I would do. I would take a photo, like, so say it was somebody's senior portrait. I would take the photo and go to the copy machine, like, remember those? Like a real huge, big copy machine. <laughs> you, so I'd take it to a copy machine at my parents' uh, work, and then I would make a photocopy, and I would ex- enlarge it. And then I would keep enlarging it and get it to a bigger size that I would be working with. And then then I would do the grid, and then I would draw and do my charcoal and do my technique the way I did it. Really, really, really high contrast uh, portraits is what I was doing at that time. And it was really neat looking. It's just, it's interesting because if I think about life and how I saw a lot of things at different times of my life, you know, it's easy to see things as black and white easy to jump to black and white thinking. And what I know about that now in regards to if I jump to that kind of thinking is like right or wrong, yes or no, absolutes. I'm usually triggered by my saboteurs internally, by my fears. I'm usually not 
in my centered space because in my centered space in life, when I'm grounded, I'm open and I'm not seeing things as A or B. I'm more likely to see things as all of it can exist at the same time. Like the the paradox of life, that something can be happy and sad, that something can be feel like a horrible thing, and yet there can also be a gift in it. So it just is a reminder. I, I just was so into the black and white. Um, just a reminder about life in just being careful about black and white thinking. My next lesson is around painting. Lay down the base first. Oh, it is much harder. It takes so much more effort to add the background color later. I I learned that the hard way. It's really hard not to mess up the edges of the objects in the foreground, especially like, like for instance, this happened to me with a dog a uh, portrait I did a couple of years ago and I I didn't do the background initially and I learned the hard way. Um so it was really hard to go around the edges and 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 took a lot of extra effort to try to not mess up the edges of the the dog's face and fur to try to put a background color in. So the lesson there is the foundations for anything in life, those systems, the structures, the things that we set up to support us in whatever it is with our, for instance, time management, our priorities, our goals, whether it's a business um, so you, or, or personal, whatever it is, so that you're not spending unnecessary time repeating things or recreating things or starting from scratch, taking the time to set up the foundations, lay down the base first so that you have that base to work with and then build upon it and go on top of it. Also for self-care, so that it actually becomes part of our daily life. You know, lay down that foundation first, those things that are really important and should be the background of everything in your day. Get that laid down first. Next lesson Sometimes the best things come out of creating a mess. So, you know, thinking back to whether it's a pencil in my hand and chalk all over my palms and just a mess, you know, or paint under my nails and across my floor, um, it it is fun and can be an amazing process to be okay to create a mess. And I'm very tidy person. And yet when I get into the zone of being creative in these ways, I do let myself create a mess and probably still pretty darn tidy compared to most, but it's still messy for me. And I think that that's important to learn in life that it's okay to get messy it's okay to have it get messy, dirty. When a life may get messy on its own, it's okay. Sometimes the best things will come out of that. Beautiful, amazing things can come out of that. And my final lesson is don't hide your dreams in the cabinet. 
Remember the story of my mom. Don't hide your, you know, she she had all the art supplies that she, those brand new supplies that she'd hidden. Time flies. And what do you secretly desire to make time for yet you haven't? So please don't stick yours away in the cabinet and keep them there. If you're listening to this when it goes live on Monday, September 26, 2022, today is the first day of a free three-day workshop I'm hosting. It is not too late to join me so that you can find some better life balance and make sure that your dreams don't get shoved or stay in the cabinet. What if we pulled one of them out? You know, whatever that may be, or that self-care, or being okay with being messy or letting things flow, um, getting a new perspective, breaking things down. I mean, what if, if you happen to be listening on the 27th or 28th, the Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, you may still be able to jump in and catch the replays and the final session. So I don't want you to miss this opportunity. Go to cherisyourlife.com forward slash workshop right now and grab your spot. And again, go check it out and see if you can still get in, um, depending on when you listen to this. And I would love to see you there. I hope to see you there. My closing quote today is by Edward de Bono. He was a Maltese physician, psychologist, author, inventor, and broadcaster. He said, There is no doubt that creativity is the most important human resource of all. Without creativity, there would be no progress and we would be forever repeating the same patterns. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life. And my website is cherisyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Suyelgis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast.